thanks for joining the DermVet podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist, also a mom of two trying to find the balance just like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. What's up, you guys? I am here, and to be totally transparent, I am sneaking in this podcast episode mom style. I convinced my husband to pick up the kids from daycare so I could have this little bit of quiet time to teach you guys um, about the different anti-itch and different allergy medications we have. So this is just real mom life. Um, Squeezing these in is super important to me. But the reality is I have to find it in the pockets of time and every day looks a lot different. But today I really want to go over something that I feel like is clinically applicable in a really large way, especially dealing with allergies. And probably some of the questions I get asked a lot is we have so many great allergy medications. I mean, honestly, uh, even since I've been practicing just dermatology, I mean, when I started, we didn't have Apoquil, we didn't have Cytopoint. There's just so many amazing things that we have. But sometimes the question is, well, when do I use which drug? And so we're going to be specifically talking about allergy medications. Um, and we're going to focus on Apoquil, Cytopoint, Atopica, and then um, steroids. So let me plug in by saying, when we are talking about dogs or cats with atopic dermatitis, immunotherapy, allergen-specific immunotherapy is by far the safest you know, natural way to manage atopic dermatitis. Um, it's a long-term process, but it is one that can halt the progression of allergies. It is one that can reverse the pathogenesis of allergies, and it is extremely, extremely important. So I really do believe If you are in an area where you can refer them for allergy testing, or if you feel comfortable doing some allergy testing, whatever that looks like for you, even when pets are doing well, just offer or know what's available in your region as far as immunotherapy options. So I'm prefacing that because I'm not going to go into depth with immunotherapy in today's podcast episode, because I do understand that clinically, Um, most general practitioners are not going to be practicing immunotherapy within their clinic. So I'm going to go over more how I use the other therapies, but that's my little disclaimer because nothing really replaces truly if, if clients are able to getting them on immunotherapy and focusing on the safest natural way to manage their allergies. And I have another podcast episode that goes over immunotherapy more in depth. But that's my little disclaimer. So even if they're doing great on any of the meds we talk about today, if we know they're environmentally allergic, um, please, please, please consider allergen-specific immunotherapy and referring to your local dermatologist because it is really important. Okay, so now that I got that out of the way because I think it's just one of the best things we can do for these patients, I want to really focus on today's episode talking about all the different anti-itch medications we have. And all of these have their place. There's a reason that I carry Apoquil and Cytopoint and Atopica and um, steroids. I carry all of them. And it really just depends on the situation. So 
I'm going to go over some situations where I might use a certain medication more preferentially than another. But again, this is just my opinion. There's lots of ways to do this. And sometimes there's not a right or wrong uh, over which medication you start with. I've had dogs respond the best to Apoquil. I've had dogs respond the best to Cytopoint. I've had dogs fail both of those and do the best on Etopica. Um, I've had those super extremely difficult cases where they fail everything and steroids are where we end up. So there is a place for all of these. Um, so don't feel like you can just carry one in your clinic because there's different situations where you might reach for one therapy versus the other. But if we're talking in a general sense, I want to give you some guidelines onto when, where my kind of thought processes goes when I'm seeing a dog for the first time, naive for allergies, say we haven't been on any of those drugs, and when I might pick one drug over the other. So let's start with Apoquil. I mean, it's the one that probably has um, some of the most um, popularity, some of the most press out there. So for Apoquil, my big thing with Apoquil is I love the fact that I have a therapy that is fast acting. So, I mean, sometimes pet, uh, pet parents will see them respond to Apoquil within like hours, like four hours. So you can actually give the Apoquil in the clinic before they leave. And a lot of times by the time they get home or they get settled in or by that evening, the pet's itch will dramatically be better. And so that's a really good way just to provide a good quality of life for the pet and the owner. So the fact that Apoquil is fast and has limited side effects, I really love using this. But what I also love about it is it does have that short half-life. So where this is important for me is when I'm doing my diagnostic workup. Say I'm ruling out a lot of really paritic things like a flea allergy. Um, I've even used Apoquil just for a couple weeks in scabies cases. Like I'm obviously treating the scabies, um, usually with an isoxazoline, but I'm also reducing their itch and treating infection. And then what I like is within a couple weeks, if it's truly all related to like a flea allergy or scabies, then I can stop that medication and they're fine. I can stop the apical, right? Because I'm using that parasiticide and I've killed off those mites or killed off those fleas. So the hope is that you can actually stop that. If you stop it and then they get itchy again, then that might re, um, kind of re-guide your mind into thinking that it's not necessarily only due to a parasite condition, but it could be due to an underlying um, allergy. So that's why Apoquil is really nice because I can stop and start. So I can stop it for a couple weeks. I can start it for a couple weeks, do the things to rule out the easy things like parasiticides and infection control if I need to, but then I can stop it and see whether or not they're completely treated with just that protocol. The other place that I tend to use Apoquil a lot is in diet trials, because again, I want to make them comfortable. Apoquil is labeled for pretty much all allergic dermatitis, but you still have to be doing the other things to figure out what that allergic dermatitis is, but then I can stop it. So if I have a pet and I'm starting them on a diet trial and say, I'm going to see them back in like the four to six week mark. And when I see them, they're doing awesome. 
Well, then I will tell the owners. I'll usually send home like another week or two just in case we stop it and they get itchy right away. But I tell them to try to stop it. And maybe they are an early responder to food and we can try to stop that Apoquil. And if the food just controls them, we'll be able to come off the Apoquil and they'll be fine. But they have that backup in case they stop it. And within a day or two, they're itchy again. And then we might have them finish out that diet trial for a bit longer. And if they truly can't get off the Apoquil, despite being on the food for eight weeks really strictly, then maybe that helps us know something like Adipi is present. So that is the beauty of Apoquil is the ability to stop and start and not have the side effects that we see with steroids, especially with that short-term use. And another place that I find Apoquil really useful is if you think of that traditional dog with a hotspot. Sometimes people think if you start Apoquil, that means that they just have to stay on it chronically and, and forever, but that's not the case. You can use Apoquil to your benefit for those short-term cases where maybe you were going to put them on just a couple weeks of steroids because, you know, they got a hot spot on their rum from their flea allergy or whatever. So the nice thing is you can just use Apoquil for those cases for a couple weeks and then stop it and you're not seeing those side effects of steroids. So don't be afraid to be using Apoquil for those itchy cases, even if it is a short-term thing. In my hands, we're often using Apoquil in situations where we're waiting for immunotherapy to work. So maybe we've done the diet trials and we've done the flea control and we know they're atopic, so we allergy test them. But since immunotherapy can really take several you know, months, up to a year or more to see that full effect... Maybe we'll use Apoquil so that they're comfortable while we wait to see if immunotherapy works or not. And then once they've been on the immunotherapy for a while and they're doing great, we'll try to pull back and see if they can be controlled with just that immunotherapy. Some cases they do great with immunotherapy, but maybe spring's still just a tough time of year for them. Then we'll just use Apoquil for that month or two that we need it and then get off of it when we don't need it. And then finally, there are some cases where Apoquil, where they just are refractory to other therapies. Maybe they don't respond to immunotherapy or maybe Cytopoint just didn't really work that well for them. So that's the really beautiful thing about using Apoquil is you get that start stop. You can use it long term without certain side effects. It can work in cases where other medications haven't worked. So those are probably the big um, indications of when I use uh, sorry Apoquil and find it really helpful. Now, kind of reversing back to Cytopoint, um, Cytopoint has been the newer kid on the block and it's really been a, a really amazing therapy. So it's what's called a monoclonal antibody. It's very specific. So though it also tries to decrease interleukin 31, similar to Apoquil, Apoquil is a JAK-STAT inhibitor. So it actually inhibits a receptor where, where IL-31 likes to bind to. Cytopoint is just a monoclonal antibody, so it doesn't bind a receptor. Cytopoint literally clings on to interleukin-31, and that's it. So the really beautiful thing about Cytopoint is how safe it is. So there's no age restrictions on it. You can use it in dogs that are under 12 months of age. I've got asked that recently because they, um, I was talking to a couple of vets and they didn't realize Cytopoint didn't have an age restriction. Apoquil does. Apoquil is labeled for dogs that are 12 months or older, but Cytopoint doesn't. You can use it, um, only in dogs. You can use it at any age. 
You can use it if they have internal illnesses. So if they have a systemic fungal infection, if they have neoplasia, Cytopoint's so safe because it's so specific in how it works that you can virtually use it with any patient with any disease. The other amazing thing about it is there's virtually no medication that it's contraindicated with. So if they're on steroids, if they're on Epiquil, but we just need Cytopoint as well, if they're on whatever, I'm thyroid medication. I mean, there's no contraindication and that's the beautiful thing about Cytopoint. I like it in those cases where client compliance can be an issue as far as giving oral medications at home. So say the client doesn't mind coming in every four to six weeks for a Cytopoint injection, but the thought of giving a pill every day at home is not going to happen. Or maybe the pet's getting really clever about taking oral medications. They're spitting it out. They're resisting them. They're doing that clamp jaw where they're not going to let them be able to put the pill down the throat. So Cytopoint can be great because we do just administer it in the clinic. And depending on the pet, it can last four to eight weeks. I've even had a couple pets go longer. Just really depends on the pet. There's also new research that has come out that shows if a dog has partially responded to Cytopoint, so say you give the first Cytopoint injection and they respond for two to three weeks, or they respond like 70%, but they still have some itch, there's some research showing that you can have added benefit if you keep giving the injection. So by the third injection, um, we'd hope to see the max effect. So I have had patients where the first injection, they do pretty well. Um, maybe they break early or they still are a little itchy and then we'll give the second or third injection, um, a month after each shot and they'll do better and better. So if you do get some benefit from it, it could be worth giving another injection four weeks later to see if they continue to do even better. And similar to Apoquil, I've had patients where they just, they do all the medications and Cytopoint is what works the best. Um, and that's what they rely on to control their allergies. That's what makes the dog comfortable. Again, Cytopoint is something that is only for dogs. Apoquil you ha- can off-label use in cats, but Cytopoint is specific for dogs and should not be used in any other species. So the one thing about Cytopoint that can be tricky is you can't just stop and start it like Apoquil. So if you're doing something like a diet trial, it can be really hard to know at the four or six week mark if they're still doing well, if the food helped at all, or if they're just one of those dogs where Cytopoint is going to metabolize slower and that's really what's keeping them controlled. Now there are situations. So for example, dogs that are really young. So if I have a six month old Frenchie that comes in, you're not supposed to use Apoquil until 12 months of age. So in those cases, even if I am doing a diet trial, I will often use Cytopoint and you just have to get creative and read through um, if they're doing well, kind of letting owners know, let's not repeat a shot. Let's see how this plays out, but stay strict with the food. So you can still use it in those cases, but you just have to be a bit more creative and methodical about how you're watching to see if the food has helped since Cytopoint can be variable and how quickly it runs out. But there's cases like those young dogs where that is probably the safest, best option to provide relief while you are starting a diet trial. Next, let's talk about Atopica. So Atopica or Cyclosporin is a drug that we used to use 
all the time and we still use it. I have, I had two allergy cases today that are doing the best on atopica. So there's definitely still a place for it. Um, it doesn't necessarily kick in as quickly in, um, dogs and cats as say the other medications do, but there are some cases that will respond within a week or two, but I usually tell owners it could take, um, up to a month to see their full response to it. Atopica is definitely something we use a lot more in cats because besides steroids, that's about all that you have on label um, to treat allergic um, atopic dermatitis in kitties. But where I still find Atopica really useful in dogs is if they have um, other autoimmune diseases. So I do see some dogs where they have IBD or um, especially German Shepherd patients that have perianal fistulas or maybe the internist manages them for IMHA or ITP and they're going to use it anyway, that they really can still do well with their allergies for that. If you get those cases like those bulldogs or those breeds that just get those really bad interdigital cysts, that no matter what you do, you put them on antibiotics, they need steroids. It doesn't seem like you can ever get away from the steroids without them breaking out with those inflammatory cysts between their toes. Then atopica, they often really respond well to that because you have more of that broad anti-inflammatory effect because you're specifically getting interleukin-2 with atopica, but you get a myriad of others as well. And it definitely tends to be a bit more anti-inflammatory, which is why it's traditionally used in some of these other autoimmune diseases. If I have a case that has like really proliferative otitis, um, and I'm not talking, you just broke with a little ear infection, like those really swollen, painful ears. I will often reach for steroids in those cases, but if I have a reason I can't use steroids, like maybe they have cardiac disease or they're diabetic, um, then atopica can actually work, um, really well to calm down some of that edema and swelling. Um, and then finally atopica can still be a drug where they have failed other things. So I've had, like I said, a couple cases I saw today where they didn't do as well on Apoquil and they didn't do as well on Cytopoint and they did great on Atopica. So that definitely still can happen with these cases and it can have um, its place. The last thing is just talking about corticosteroids. Um, and corticosteroids are tough. I mean, obviously we're really trying to avoid using corticosteroids just because of the side effects that can happen with those, the PUPD, the panting, diabetes, liver issues. But there are some cases where one, they just respond better. You try all the things and they're just not controlled unless you have them on a steroid. Or sometimes if we're using it just short term, so say, um, and this is just focusing on allergies, obviously we use steroids a lot for different autoimmune diseases, but say that we have to use it um, because they do have that really terrible swollen ear and we need to provide comfort, but um, they don't have a reason we can't use steroids. Like medically, they're healthy otherwise. So then I will use a steroid for a few weeks just to calm that swelling and that edema down. And then we'll try long term to flip to something else. Sometimes there's just cases that fail everything or they get that really thick lichenified skin and nothing seems to work unless we have them on a steroid. So it is something that obviously we're trying not to use as commonly. We don't want to just pick steroids as our first line for allergies, but there are cases where it can still be beneficial. 
And if you do have cases where you have to put them on steroids, say they have that rip-roaring edematous ear, just remember that allergies and your treatment plan, I mean, there's a reason that we're always changing things. There's only so many tools and so many drugs we have to manage allergies, but all these cases change. I mean, they they can change monthly. So if you have a pet that you need to put on steroids for a few weeks to calm something down do that, but then don't forget to be thinking of the long-term effects of that. So if you have to put them on a steroid because they have that swollen ear, do it for a few weeks, get them back in, recheck them. If the cytology is clear and the ear is much more open, well then flip them to something else to control their allergies like Apoquil or Cytopoint or Atopica. So you can always change what you're doing depending on that season and that pet. You don't have to feel like you're stuck on one medication. So for example, I'll have pets that do really wonderful on Apoquil and maybe that with immunotherapy is what controls them for most of the year. But say that in the spring, we always seem to struggle a little bit. So maybe we just do Cytopoint April, May, and then continue the Apoquil the rest of the year because that's what usually works. That's why a lot of people don't tend to like dermatology. (laughs) That's why I love it because it's like this puzzle and you're kind of this detective trying to figure things out and you're trying to change things and you're getting the client involved with this team effort of what's working, what's not working, what season are we in, what's our history showed us as far as the difficult times of year. But obviously I know that's why a lot of people don't like it. But you can use that to your advantage Um, to use these different combinations of therapies to get them controlled depending on that season they're in. So don't feel like if you have a drug that they've just done wonderful with um, for several months that because they have one flare or because one spring's tough on them, that means you have to give up on that drug. It might just be that you need some small temporary solution for a month or two and then they'll be completely fine otherwise. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. The one last thing I know I'm looping kind of back. You probably heard my dog barking cause the kids are home. <laughs> um, one thing I want to loop back about steroids for, um, there are different types of steroids. And so prednisone, um, can be great, but it can have a lot of side <laughs> effects. And here's my real life. My toddler just ran in. Can you say hi? What is that? That's the podcast. A podcast is me teaching all the other awesome veterinarians about skin. Why? Why? Because that's what mommy likes to do. I press Don't press that button. Why? Because mommy said so. So finally, as I wrap this up, um, so the different types of steroids. So coming back to it. So um, just remember that there are different oral steroids out there. So prednisone's um, great and we still use it when we need to. But also remember that there's methylprednisolone, there's um, triamcinolone, there's other oral options that can control uh, their allergies. And sometimes dogs respond differently to different steroids. So if I have them getting really PUPD on prednisone, but I feel like they would still benefit from a steroid, sometimes I will flip which one they're on. So oral medrol, for example, and sometimes they'll tolerate that better. So, you know, there's, there's lots of different options and sometimes that can make it frustrating But hopefully this helps show you kind of where my mind goes as far as what therapies I use when, at least as a starting point. Um, Again, sometimes just different pets respond to different medications uh, better, and there's really no rhyme or reason. 
but this kind of gives you a glimpse into the thought process of why I might at least start with Epiquil versus Cytopoin or Atopica versus steroids or a combination of all of those. But you can always combine and find that you know perfect solution for that pet depending on their situation and how they respond to drugs. And if anything, refer them so they can start immunotherapy because definitely if they're struggling and not responding to those drugs, it's the safest way that we can try to get that disease under control. With that, I have a toddler that's desperately going to need my attention. (laughs) So um, I hope that you find this helpful. Again, if you ever have any podcast ideas or other dermatologists or veterinarians you think could be beneficial to have on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at the Derm Vet. Until next time, cytology everything and make derm more fun than frustrating.